0: My body is a roadmap of pain.
1: All right. Deathmatchworldwide.com, the official online merchandise store that is only for deathmatch wrestling. Featuring official t shirts from No Peace Underground, John Wayne Murdoch, Akira, Madman Pondo, Zona 23, Neil Diamond Cutter, G Raver, Schlack, Necro Butcher, and many more.
0: Welcome everyone to Faces and Feels. I am your host, Rafe Houston, and today I am joined by a very special guest. I want everybody to say hello to my good friend and yours, ICW No Holds Barred referee, and kind of referee everywhere that you can look on IWTV, Sean Patrick O'Brien. How are you today, sir? I'm good,
2: Rafe, man. I appreciate you bringing me on. This is awesome.
0: No worries, man. I appreciate you reaching out to me. Um, I'm a big fan of yours. I was really looking forward to it. And then, yeah, I started... Um, becoming aware of your guys' podcast, uh, which I really liked as well. So before we get into your kind of story career in refereeing, why don't you tell everybody real fast about that venture?
2: Yes, sir. Um, So I recently have became a co-host with my guy, Jeremy Nickerson. He hosts a podcast called I Got Your Five Stars. Um, And so me and him had did about, I'd say, close to 20 episodes maybe um, where we would review different shows that I was on on IWTV, whether it be IWA Mid-South, Paradigm, Unsanctioned Pro. Like, we've done reviews for all kinds of different shows that I've been on um, to the point where he was pretty much already calling me his regular co host and stuff. And so, um, or, you know, guest co-hosts and just all kind of different, you know, little stuff. And then um, here recently he has started getting some interviews coming in and, I can't remember exactly who, if it was me or him, that came up with the idea to start doing them together. Um, and then he was just like, "Screw it! Why don't we just make you the official like co-host and it'll be our show together?" And I'm like, "Sounds good to me." Uh, I actually like went to college for broadcast journalism and different stuff like that. So oh. like, um, so I kind of had like aspirations at one point in my life of working in media. Yeah. So. Um, so whenever he had made the offer, and, and we'd already had that chemistry anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and then not only that, but we've had some really cool interviews here recently, man. We've had Remington Roar, had a good talk with him. Um, one of the most recent ones, actually, I don't think it's dropped yet, um, but Austin Connolly. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrestles for Paradigm and different stuff like that. Awesome kid. Um We've also had uh, Mitch Vallon on, and uh, Mitch was a really good interview. So we've, we've had some pretty cool guys. we got a lot of, of cool stuff coming up. And then we're also still going to do, you know, the reviews. We uh, actually just dropped an Indianapolis recap uh, from the Indianapolis weekend where I worked entirely too hard. <laughs> but I loved it. But though i can't lie yeah so, yeah uh, i i
0: love those interviews man they were the ones i jumped in on so like the indie right. interview and the the other one like where it's just you kind of going over your weekend which is a really cool uh look into like the life of like a referee in professional wrestling
2: oh yeah absolutely man yeah uh the the other most recent one we've did is the atlantic city, atlantic uh, the city yeah yeah and um so, yeah, and then the Indianapolis Weekend, we we covered it. Um, you could go back and check out some of our older shows where we actually go through match by match and we'll pick apart, you know, the match or mm-hmm. who's in the match or, you know, how, you know, different stories about them and different, like, cool stuff. So mm-hmm. if you want to check it out, man, it's I like Got You Five Stars. It's on um, uh, Apple Podcasts. And then um, you can also Google it. And uh, I can't remember it's on uh, Spreaker. And then there's another one that it's on. But yeah, Apple Podcasts is probably the easiest way. That's how I download yeah, it. So.
0: Yeah, I get it. Um, I have Android and I get it on the just the Google Podcast app. You can find it. But I'll put all the links in the show notes for anybody that wants to check it out. It's a great listen. Uh, Sean does a great job. And your co-host, uh, Jeremy, what's it? Jeremy yeah yeah his uh, enthusiasm for for wrestlings like infectious to me like he's really just about it um, he's really kind of knowledgeable you can tell he's like an old school fan uh, and I, yeah. I really enjoyed your guys interactions because you can kind of tell you're really good friends uh, and yeah it's a great listen so I can't recommend enough for anybody to go check that out so um yep.
2: sure, man. Uh- And another thing about Jeremy, what's really cool is his, his, you were talking about his knowledge. Mm -hmm. He has been going to ECW shows since back in the day. Yeah. Um, He, you know, he's been to plenty of IWA Mid-South shows throughout the year. I actually met him for the first time at the 2017 King of the Death match. Yeah, wow. Um, And he lives up in in, in New Jersey, so... um, You know, I'd hardly ever get to see Dude. But yeah, yeah, man, Dude's knowledge is is out of this world. Uh, He pays attention to almost pretty much everything. Uh, Nothing mainstream. It's all independent. You know what I mean? So, and I love it. When you guys were
0: breaking down the shows of like that last weekend, like the indie weekend, like all the paradigm stuff and things like that, I'm like, I get how Sean can. Know it all. I mean, he was in the ring, like kind of thing. I'm like, how does dude have enough time to watch all these things? Like, I struggle to fit (laughs) to fit like stuff into my week. I'm like, he's getting through it, man.
2: Yeah, same here, man. Yeah, i have I have trouble watching, dude. I I, like, I still haven't got through all the shows that I was on in Indianapolis, and I'm trying to. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, it's hard to hard to fit it all into your day to day life. I was actually speaking to Neil Diamond Cutter uh, earlier today. We've got a um. He's – he'll be in one of my next interviews that I, I drop. It'll be our second interview that we had together. But I was talking about that. I'm like, man, I don't know, like, how, uh, like, as an adult, some people can get through all this stuff. I'm like, dude, you're one of my favourite guys ever. You're my friend. I want to watch your matches. I'm like, man, I can't wait to watch this Neil Diamond. And I'm just, like, asleep, just out like a light because I'm just, like, oh, yeah. exhausted at the end of a work day, you know? Like, I try and get through a couple of matches before sleep or whatever, and I'm just, like – out like the amount of them I've, I've rewatched the start you know two three times before i get it out maybe it's just because i'm an old man though i don't know
2: no well i don't know because i'm the same way man i, I was trying to watch uh, what was it so i, I was watching no holds bar 16 actually yep. talking mm-hmm. about icw mm-hmm. and uh and i had got most of the way through the show mm-hmm. in like two days um and i had uh I watched whatever, the, what was the semi man? I can't remember what the semi man was, but then we went to Justin, Kyle, and Murdoch, mm-hmm. and I remember starting it, and I was out. Yeah. And I was so, like I remember being disappointed in myself the next morning because I was like, man, I was so close to finishing this
0: show. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, it's, it's John Wayne, it's Justin, Kyle, like you can't imagine like a cooler match, and you're so pumped to see it, but the body is weak at the end of the day. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, he gets Which through I- it, man
2: incredible match and like Mm -hmm. you know for anybody who you know trust me it was i didn't fall asleep because it was boring
0: (laughs) no oh no that's not what i'm talking about at all i'm talking about physical exhaustion my body just turns off and i'm I'm asleep but that's because i'm watching it at like 11 at night after a full you know day's work every time because it's the only time i can fit this stuff in oh
2: yeah yeah Yeah, yeah, exactly but yeah and
0: but hey at least for uh at least for you uh, you're again the best seat at the house uh, first and foremost when you're in these matches, and then it's like reflection afterwards, right? So it must be pretty oh, yeah. amazing going through this stuff. So before we start dropping into like your experiences uh, with it, with these kind of things and refereeing death matches, let's rewind a little bit, man. Just to your origin and um, like when you think about pro wrestling, what were some of the like first faces in your memory of wrestlers that sort of made you start to take notice and be aware of it, like as a medium?
2: Uh, Well, so I am uh, 32 years old, so I grew up in the, you know, Attitude, NWO, you know, all of that era. So flipping back and forth, you know, Monday Night Wars, all that good stuff. Like uh, earliest memory I can remember is it was like right before the Attitude era. I was young, you know what I'm saying? Um, Like one, two, three kid and, and, you know, early Shawn Michaels and stuff like that. Uh, Razor Ramon and stuff, I can, I vaguely, vaguely remember that. What I remember clear in my head, the first time that I saw uh, whenever the NWO wrecked house and threw Rey Mysterio into the the trailer, oh, and, and the and cops were, and, and like, ambulance, fire trucks, all of that, and I'm like, okay, like, come on, guys, is this, is this really going on right now? It's like, this is nuts. This is live on TV, and NWO. And, Hulk Hogan's wrecking house. Like, what is going You know what I mean? Like, I was losing my shit. I was probably about 10-ish. You yeah. know, 10. And
0: you're thinking it's so real, right? And you're just like,
2: what's going
0: on? The police need yeah. to get there.
2: <laughs> exactly, yeah. And then, but not only that, I was also very fortunate to grow up in the Louisville, Kentucky area where OVW has been, mm-hmm. you know, forever, Ohio Valley Wrestling. Yeah. And, um, and so, and I've been going to OVW shows on and off since I was... Pfft, man, I'd say probably about 10 or 10, 12, somewhere around there, 10 or 12. And um, and then I actually um, was fortunate enough to work backstage, kind of on accident, because they used to do shows at Kentucky Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I worked for Kentucky Kingdom in the entertainment department. Mm-hmm. And so I would, you know, set up catering, if any of the wrestlers needed anything backstage, you know, whatever. And by this point I was maybe about three or four years removed from watching it, like, seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still would, you know, poke my head in every now and then and just see what was going on. And so, like, I knew who CM Punk was. I knew who, you know, all these guys. I didn't know the history of CM Punk. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I knew he got sent back to OVW because he was in WWE. I didn't know anything about IWA Mid-South or any of that yet. Like, I wish I did. Mm -hmm. Um, But, um, so, but I was, you know, in OVW, uh, or, I mean, I was in the OVW locker room at Six Flags and, like, CM Punk and Deuce and Domino um, uh, what what's the um, uh, what's the guy with the cobra? Uh, Santino Santino Morella Yeah, Santino was doing a um, it was like a Russian um, a Russian MMA fighter gimmick. Okay, and it was amazing. <laughs> it was so
0: cool. I've heard he was like, I, I mean, I know he's like a badass in real life and has like legitimate like MMA training, but I I've heard him talk in interviews about like that gimmick, and people were like, he was badass. Like He was? Yeah, yeah. No, People he really were like, was he was man. legit, he was, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he was a badass, yeah. Yeah, so, and, but anyway, yeah, so I, I that was kind of like the realization where I was like, because when I was little, of course, you know, I had dreams of being a wrestler and stuff, but I also was very, very involved in music, yeah. which we'll you know, get to that here in a minute, but um, I was very involved in music, so I really didn't think that that dream would ever pan out, or knew how I would even, you know, get to you know achieve that or, or get into that realm i guess or whatever um however when i was backstage at obw and and you know doing my job at kentucky kingdom but i was just kind of like like this it, that's what i <laughs> it, it was it might have been late in life but that was kind of where i got it where i was like yo this is like the perfect mixture of sports and like of sports and theater yeah. you know what i mean yeah like i got it right then and i was just like if i ever find a way to get into this business, I will never, ever leave. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, and sure enough, it happened. I even had to make a crossroads choice between the music and the wrestling, and obviously I made my choice. So. Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, two quick questions for you then. First one, what is Kentucky Kingdom? Is that some kind of like restaurant chain in the States?
2: Oh, no, 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 no. Kentucky Kingdom. Uh, it is actually a theme park here in ah. Kentucky. Uh it, it used to be owned by uh, by the Six Flags Corporation. Right, okay. Uh, yeah, and then it, it used to be Six Flags Kentucky Kingdom um, and then ended it up, you know, Six Flags Left and all that. I actually had worked there while it was still Six Flags, mm-hmm. so I got the whole Looney Tunes experience and all that. Cool. Uh, my best friend was actually Bugs Bunny.
0: Oh, so that's that was, it. So, uh, so it was like, if I understand Six Flags correctly, it's kind of like Disney World, but, but it had the Looney Tunes characters like instead of like...
2: Mickey Mouse. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And then the OVW, um, the Ohio Valley Wrestling, Mm -hmm. they would do their um, wrestling in like a – it was like this Batman like stage set, you know? Yeah. And it was like all these like cool buildings, like it was supposed to be Gotham in the background or whatever, and these action fight scenes and stuff. But that's where they would set up the ring, and they would do it in that, you know, little theater area that was themed after Batman. It was pretty cool.
0: That sounds killer. (laughs) So then – you're you're watching it and you're slowly like falling in love with it while working there. Um, how do you then? So at this point, are you thinking I want to trade to be a wrestler, or you're like, is there another way that I can be involved with it? Like, how do you take the steps to learn and train to be a ref? So,
2: like I said, I, I've done music for uh, pretty much most of my life, mm-hmm. um, and at this point, um, I was still I was doing uh, R and B. I was singing with the R and B group at that time called The Gentleman. Yep. Um, and we were doing some pretty cool things or whatever. Uh, and so like finding a way into the wrestling was because I'm I'm very one track mind. If I have if I have a dream or a goal, I'm very one tracked on it until, you know, I either it pays off or whatever. So um like it, people ask me all the time, like, you know, you could do the wrestling in the music, and I'm like, Yeah, I know, but the way that my mind is set up, you know what
0: I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. it's like all or nothing when you're attacking something like that.
2: that yeah, exactly, facts, yeah. So um, what ended up happening was I was doing the music and all that good stuff um, and, you know, the Six Flags, well, I was working at Six Flags and I looked into training at OVW and at the time they were still, you know, contracted with WWE and it cost entirely too much money. To train I want to say it was almost like five grand or something uh, to start training, and I was just like, "Eh, I've already invested quite a bit into this music stuff over here, yeah. um, so let me just keep on doing this." And um, what the way that ended up happening was um, my uh, my cousin's husband was a local wrestler here in the area, and he wrestled for a company, very entry level type, you know, company or whatever um, promotion. And ended up, you know, I showed up with him to a show, um, and I kept showing up, kept helping out, you know, breaking down stuff, whatever. And they needed a ref for a battle royal, and so somebody threw me a a, a referee shirt, and I was out there around there for the battle royal. Um, And then I was just kind of like, hey, man, like, so if you're going to give me a ref shirt, like, can I actually, like, ref a match? (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. my first show. It took a little convincing. Uh, maybe about a show or two before he was finally like, "Cause I was like, dude, I, I have some confidence in myself. I'm pretty sure I can do it." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then another ref was trying to, you know, test me to see if I knew kind of basic rules and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then finally, one show they put me in the ring, and the rest is history. Um, that company actually ended up closing down. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it did, I was just kind of like, okay, I guess the wrestling isn't for me. And I went back and started doing the music stuff. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I had kind of risen my, you know, brand or whatever you want to call it, to a certain level to where I was actually opening for some bigger name artists mm-hmm. um, and, and doing some pretty cool things as far as in that. Um, and then uh, an opportunity came to work a show at the arena, the world famous Jeffersonville Arena that yeah. everybody talks about. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that the the arena is actually two minutes from my house. Yeah, right. Uh, the Jeff arena talks about, mm-hmm. and um, and so. I had went up there for a show and I met guys like uh, my mentor and big brother, Max Recon, also known as AJ Kissinger. Mm -hmm. Um, And me and him had like a two-hour conversation. And he was telling me like, yo, man, like there's not enough – at this time period, it was like Mm 2016-ish. He was like, there's not a lot of refs out here that like want to be referees. He was like, it's mainly like you know wrestlers who are just training to be – uh, wrestlers and the refereeing until they become a wrestler and you know what I mean? It was yeah. it was kind of that that was the um was the culture, I guess, as far as referees go. And he was just like, there need to be more ref- refs out here if you want to take it serious. Mm-hmm. And so pretty much um after that, I had went to um I went to one company here in the area. Uh they had pretty much just like brushed me off like I wasn't shit and I really wasn't you know what I mean like I wasn't really anybody important at all mm-hmm. so I understood it but it was just kind of the you know attitude it was like because eh. the thing was there was a lot of people in that locker room that I'd worked with at the old company mm-hmm. and a lot of those guys were like hey man give this guy a chance mm-hmm. and they still didn't so the next literally the next week I went to IWA Mid-South and Ian Rotten gave me a job and I was there for about four or five years so yeah wow
0: so essentially kind of just self-taught, right? Like through watching stuff and then just learning it in the ring is, is how it all came to be, yeah? Just like backed yourself yeah, in and it, gave it a go.
2: Yeah, pretty much, man. Yeah. yeah wow.
0: um, you know, throughout the
2: throughout the the years and stuff, like I've definitely gotten into class and, and been training a little bit more and stuff. Um, you know, I, I love going to seminars just because, uh, a lot of times, what they'll do at seminars is they'll go through things, mm-hmm. and then they'll have practice matches. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, "Yo, I'm I'm here to ref," and I'll get my reps in as far as my practice reps in by doing that. Yeah. You know, So. Yeah. But like, I, I I do train, um. But to start, yeah, it was it was pretty much self taught. Everything, you know, was was based off of stuff that I'd watched. You know, Charles Robinson and Mike Kiota.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, did you? Well, what you said to me as well about like not enough people out here like trying to be refs, that makes sense too. And then when you've got people just like, you know, they're the trainees of the school, they really want to be wrestlers and they're just doing it, I could see how somebody like yourself, if you're there to be the ref and you're taking it seriously and working hard, you can see how you could rise up the ranks relatively quickly or become known because it's like, hey, this guy's here to do this, only do this and do a good job and take it seriously. Not like, oh, yeah. we've got some guy in the back that can throw on a striped shirt. So for, right. for promotions, you could definitely see the benefit and the value uh, in that kind of package.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. man. And that was pretty much how it was whenever I first came into IWA Mid-South. There, mm-hmm. was, uh, there was a referee there at the time, and, and he was kind of transitioning out. Um, and so when I started, uh, there was a good you know three, four-month period where I was the only referee every week. You know Thursday, and sometimes on Saturday too. Um, so and and that that was straight matches, death matches. You know all that. Like I was the only ref for quite a bit. Actually, the first show that I ever Iron Man by myself was the 2017 Chris Candido Cup yeah. for WWE Men South, which is a,
0: a tag team tournament. Yeah, okay. and so
2: I would. First show ever Iron Man by myself and that was exhausting. A lot of irons <laughs> in the
0: fire and tag matches. Jesus, you a lot of people to watch and a lot of things to be aware of.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay.
0: <laughs> well, before I jump on to my next question, um, well, I'm gonna put a pin in that and I'm gonna ask you about training for the ref one more time and be like, have you been uh training to bump I guess like is that something that you you put work into the ring or is that just something that you had to learn on the fly when you suddenly get pushed through a door or something
2: (laughs) yeah that was also something else I pretty much had to learn on the fly Um,
0: (laughs) you're going over here
2: so I I I did do some training to learn how to bump Mm -hmm. um whenever I had a match I've I've actually had one match and I want to (laughs) know um but (laughs) we we did about a month of training before the match um to, to learn, like, proper bumping and, and stuff like that. Because one thing that I had had kind of been told at, at a certain point in my career was that, like, refs shouldn't look like they know how to bump. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, that's why I never really, like, went to school or training or class to learn how to, like, bump and wrestle and stuff. Like, I just kind of, you know, I, like you said, just wing it and hope for the best. I am kind of an idiot, and I, I like to make shit look good um and so I've not necessarily you know messed myself up really bad, but you know i've I've done some pretty stupid things there was there was one time a guy went to give me a Russian leg sweep, and I spiked myself backwards on my head just because I'm silly like that
0: <laughs> over vigorous in <laughs> in what you were doing yeah yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. and I could <laughs> see as well like just being like. Well, the easiest way for me to go through that door is for you to actually just put me through it and then it will look good because it's real. Like, you know, right. that kind of...
2: Yeah, but, uh, I mean, a couple weekends ago, if if you all watched the ICW show, um, and when they approached me, it was like, hey, you want to take a bump through some glass? And I was like... Okay.
0: Oh. <laughs> I thought you were going to say no. I know there was that one that I, were, that happened recently, maybe it was the AWR stuff, where that glass just wasn't breaking and I'd be like, not with this glass, <laughs> not from no, what I've seen.
2: I was not going through that glass. If they would have asked for that, it would not have happened because that glass was not breaking. Indestructible. Especially you know, that Danny Akira match, oh, man. I haven't oh, seen man. all of
0: it, but I've seen clips. And it was the same at the um, Masters of Pain as well. They're like going, oh, yeah, I'll just hit him on the head with this glass. And it just doesn't break. And I'm like, give the dude a concussion straight up because it's like, it's taken so much. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, oh, dude, that would suck so bad. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, the cuts are one thing, but Jesus Christ, when it's just blunt force like that, it's brutal. Um, so, So then how does refereeing a death match come about and what does your first... Deathmatch that you ref looks like like is that something that they had to be like hey are you cool with doing this or are they like oh and today you've got this this there's a deathmatch scene and blah and you're just left to go okay i guess I'm figuring this out too
2: yeah pretty much uh, <laughs> I kind of thought that's my, what you were gonna first... say <laughs> my first show at IWA Mid South yeah um, was uh, that was back when we were running hard doing you know deathmatch show every week uh and it wasn't full like deathmatch shows it would be like you know the semi and the main was like a deathmatch or whatever but at that time period John Wayne Murdoch and Aiden Blackheart were in a blood feud and they were literally wrestling every week and some kind of stipulation and uh and so and yeah my my first week the main event was uh Murdoch and Aiden and Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure I refed it the first time I remember it was um I want to say the match might have been like no rope, barbed wire, or something, because I remember my first show. There's actually a, pic- a picture on my Instagram. Yeah. There was a barbed wire bat I helped make. Oh. Um, and it was thick, too. It was a big barbed wire bat. <laughs> so I took a picture with it over my shoulder. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I made my IWA Mid-South Mid- to- debut. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Straight into it. So, trial by fire. Yep. Yep. Trial by fire. Exactly. Yeah. And so, which thank God, like, because A. I have a weak stomach anyway, which is kind of surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, if I had to, if I would have known what I was really getting, like I knew there was be death matches and you know, yeah, probably gonna be some blood and you know whatever. But like, if I really would have known what I was getting into back then, and I would have overthought it, and it would have been a whole you know anxiety, it would have been a lot worse than what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, just being you know thrown into the fire, the kind of the way I was, not by force or anything like that, but just that that was the culture at IWA Mid-South at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's afforded me some really cool opportunities to where like um, shortly after I started IWA, I ended up getting with VOW. Um, VOW led to me working for Black Craft, Black Craft Wrestling. Um, at you know just all kind of ICW, you know New York, uh, well No Holds Barred, I guess it's whatever it's called now um and then um you know also gcw just all the different stuff that i've been able to do as far as deathmatch stuff. just because you know i was literally just thrown in
0: yeah exactly and then once you kind of i well i assume once you kind of get that reputation as being like a steady hand and somebody they can rely on especially in something like as hectic and and serious as deathmatch can be then it's like we know he's a real one that's who we'll kind of look at same with like uh, Chris Levine, like, uh, you know, you get that kind of rep as being like a, a ref of death and like, you know, you yeah. can be trusted. Is it um, yeah. keeping them them safe and doing all the things that you do with that kind of stuff is that must get pretty hectic sometimes, right? Like, cause you, I mean, you're, you're watching for their actual safety. And I know that those guys sometimes will just want to keep going and you may have to pull the plug sometimes like, yo, you need to understand. This is like worse than you think. Yeah, man. Um,
2: well, first and foremost, that—that that is my job yeah. is to, you know, keep us safe. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Is to make sure we all go home okay. Um, you know, secondary, making sure that the match goes off without a hitch and, you know, all of that. But, like, my biggest priority is to make sure everybody's safe mm-hmm. and we all go home, you know, the same way that we stepped in the ring mm-hmm. minus a few cuts and, you know, whatever. But um, in saying that, uh, one of the worst <laughs> – worst death matches that that situation had happened i don't know if you happened to see king of the death match last year with Orin Vite and jimmy lloyd
0: um i haven't seen the whole thing but i think i know what you're about to tell me
2: about. <laughs> i literally and and actually uh cheap plug um for gregory iron real quick mm-hmm. uh greg had Oren on his podcast this past week and it's really oh, you, really incredible oh, cool i have to check yeah that. yeah really good interview but um Oren actually talks about that match uh, during because he almost had to get a blood transfusion afterwards, like it was that bad. Oh wow! Um, but yeah, so Oren and Jimmy Lloyd had an electrified light tubes match, and um, they uh, they ended up taking the light tube fixtures and was and Jimmy had actually swung one at Oren, mm-hmm. and just from the weight of the the light fixture and everything, mm-hmm. um, it hit him. Pretty badly, and it and actually cut the back of his neck, mm-hmm. uh, or cut him like right in the middle of his neck. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he got he swung another one, and it actually uh, clipped his shoulder. And it um, it I think it hit an artery in his shoulder, uh, or I mean in, in his uh, my bad his elbow. Oh, um, yeah, it hit it hit an art uh, or no maybe not artery it was either artery or a vein. Mm-hmm. It hit something in his elbow to where he was like bleeding pretty good from it. Now, we had to wrap that one up during the match. Yeah. Um, and then there was, uh, he did something else with it and got one more cut, like somewhere in the middle of his back. And so he had like three, like on his neck and back and arm that were just gushing blood. And like, there was a certain point where I literally told him, I was like, bro, we got to go home. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like take this home. Like we got to go. And he's like, I fucking know, Sean. I know. <laughs>
0: you know <what> I mean? <laughs> so, it's like, I'm bleeding I'm like, out. I know <laughs>
2: this, this is scary. Like yeah. you're bleeding a lot. There was, there was a point where I was sitting there and, um, and I was looking at the cut on his arm and, and he was like, is it because he, he felt it happen. Yeah. And he was like, is it bad? And I'm looking and I'm like, it eh, don't look that bad. And I even looked down at Jimmy. I said, Jimmy, is it bad? <laughs> and Jimmy looks up at it. He's like, nah, you're okay. And <laughs> it wasn't, Two minutes later, all of a sudden, it just starts gushing, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you're bleeding pretty good now, and I was like, oh, shit, hold on, and I got him in the corner, called some tape out, wrapped him up real quick and all that, um, and then, like I said, I was like, dude, it was probably five minutes after that, I was like, bro, we got to go home, and he was like, I know, I know, I know, and then finally, we went home, and then he went to the hospital and found out what he found out, and it was just like, bro, don't ever put me in a situation. Yeah, <laughs> that's dude, scary. dude
1: has
0: there has there ever been a match that you've called on somebody against their will? They're like, no, no, we're still going. You're like, no, nah, that's it.
2: It's done. Uh, dude, was, there was a non-death match that right I ref'd where uh, little bitty Marco stunt? Yeah. wanted to keep going in a match where he broke his arm. Oh, that
0: was the twisted. that was the night of the David Arquette stuff, wasn't it? Like, the- no, no, no,
2: no, that was his leg.
0: Oh, sorry. He keeps breaking his so many arm, bones. I can't keep track of it.
2: Back. Oh, I know. Uh, his, his arm, he broke in his IWA Mid-South debut in 2018.
0: Right. Okay.
2: <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Um, he, uh, it was actually against Cole Radrick. He went to do uh, just a simple up and over. It wasn't anything, you mm-hmm. know, extravagant. Um, and ended up coming down on his arm the wrong way. And when he did, mm-hmm. um, he came down. And all of a sudden, I hear all the crowd gasp mm-hmm. and because I, I, I the angle that he was sitting at, I, I couldn't really see his arm or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the whole crowd was like, oh, wow. And, like, he turned a certain way. And I was like, oh, God, bro, your arm. <laughs> I was like, we're done. And I threw up the X or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, "What?" I, I can keep going because he didn't even feel it, adrenaline. Yeah. He was just like, I can keep going. And I said, bro, your bone is about to poke out through your skin. No. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: It's a wrap. <laughs> not, yeah,
2: not at all. No. Um, there's, there's been a handful of other times where I've had to stop matches before, but not anything as really serious as, like, that broken arm. Mm-hmm. Um, at least something I can think of off the top of my head. There, there's even been times, dude, where something as simple as, you know, a guy gave another guy a knee mm-hmm. and just caught him perfect right in the solar plex and knocked the wind out of the other guy to where, like, he couldn't catch his breath. Mm-hmm. And so I had to like back off the other dude and call the match just because he couldn't breathe and he started kind of freaking out for a second. But yeah. then he caught his breath and he was fine. Yeah. But like I've I've had a situation like that. that's something small, you know. Yeah. But like he couldn't continue and it was just like, all right, we got to stop. Yeah.
0: And I mean <laughs> so. the the benefit of pro wrestling is that even if you take that moment, even if you call it, you go, that's it, it's done, it's done, or whatever. And then that dude does get up and he was like, I'm good. I'm good. And he actually is, it's pro wrestling. he can get on the mic and just go, you know what? Fuck that shit. I'm ready to go. Start it again. Kind of like you can do that stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so yeah. who gives a fuck? You better to take the time and make sure that everybody like you say is walking home than like <laughs> anybody seriously injured.
2: Right. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, that's awesome, man. Um, are there any particular matches that stand out to you? Um, not not from an injury standpoint, but like, I think it's probably appropriate to talk about stunts that have had you like a bit shook as well. Obviously, like you ref the Destroyer match, right? At uh, the Bloodshed. Uh, John Wayne and Oren coming off the top through that giant, what would you call it, apparatus mechanism? Uh, uh,
2: just door opening into panes of glass and destruction <laughs> yeah just
0: like a tower of death basically it was like absolutely crazy i think there was fire on there too just like why not like i know struggles on his show was like you're insane away why don't you just like the goddamn thing on fire he's like oh can we light it on fire <laughs> that kind of shit yeah yeah yeah
2: no yeah. Really, it, it was probably It sounds about like a John Wayne Murdoch conversation He's like, like oh
0: we can wait. do that and they're like no <laughs> but, but they did oh, say
2: Oh but I mean I guess
0: yeah. <laughs> and then,
2: Actually what was funny about that was I feel like I was way calmer than what I should have been um, For some reason I don't know why maybe I just seen enough crazy shit By John Wayne Murdoch yeah. That I knew cause John Yeah John does some crazy crazy stuff But he's a lot more safer than what people think he is. We'll just put it that way. You know what I mean? Um, he has to be for, for the punishment that, you know, he puts his body The amount of shows and, like- and
0: stuff he does. He's a seasoned pro at this stage. Like, you don't – like, he he's a road warrior. You know what I mean? He does so many shows and just keeps going and keeps going. You don't see him missing shows or taking things off because he's doing it correctly,
2: you know? That, exactly. <laughs> um, the funniest part about that spot, since we're talking about it right now for a second – um, I felt like I had a missed opportunity because when he came down, when when John came down, his the the towel that was in his back pocket mm-hmm. caught on fire. Yeah, <laughs> and it ended up it looked like on camera his ass was on fire. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> when John came down, uh, you can uh, you might be able to hear me through the camera, but I know you see me. I'm leaning towards John and I say, "Scoop, scoop." And so he starts scooting on his butt mm-hmm. to put the fire out. Yeah, yeah. When I was watching back, I was like, "Man, I should have went over and patted that fire out with my hand <laughs> just so we could have got." He's sitting there smacking his ass. While I'm to...
0: <laughs> would you could have gifted just on repeat, and any time he gives you shit, you can just text it to him. Yep. Just like don't forget. him, <laughs> like, you know,
2: but you know, missed
0: opportunities. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you're probably concerned for their safety and more important things like like that. So you know, what can you do? That's <laughs> all. That's it. What's it like as well? Like you're obviously in there sliding down and making pins amongst glass and stuff like that. Have you ever copped any? I assume you copped some shrapnel and some, you know, stray fire yourself occasionally, right?
2: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, man. Uh, I've got a nice little scar on my shin um, from being, you know, down on my knees, you know, doing whatever I was doing mm-hmm. on the mat with the um, the. And this is why I'm so like such a stickler for breaking the you know the, the tubes and making sure that there's no big chunks that are the U-shaped yeah. chunks and mm-hmm. all that or whatever, because there's been a time where one of those U-shaped uh, things that got me on yeah. my shin, mm-hmm. just because I was down there and um, also uh, oh actually um, the the most recent show that we had on the shed at the shed mm-hmm. uh, two three weeks ago I got uh, this oh. nice little scar. Yeah. on My arm. Mm-hmm. See that? Um, that was from, uh, Satu and Mitch Vallon. uh, at the finish when they went through a pane of glass, mm-hmm. I came down and I counted on one well, on a little bitty shard of glass. Yeah. And it got just deep where it just started gushing out of my arm into my glove and stuff. And, yeah. uh, so I ran to the back had to wrap it up and all that stuff or whatever. But, um, so yeah, I, I get caught with all kind of fun stuff. There was that, Oh, the, the scariest one that I was actually quite surprised that I was okay was um, it was one of those um, bats that they put the tape on and then they put the, you know, the the tacks on it or whatever all yeah, over Yeah, it.
0: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Ball bats. Mm-hmm. Somebody went to sing one, and I don't know what happened, but whatever was wrapped around the bat that had tacks connected to it, mm-hmm. when they swung it, that flew off. Oh, no. And it flew. My face! <laughs> oh, oh no! It flew right at my face, and luckily, it landed on the side that most of the tax had fallen off of, so it didn't really hit me. Yeah, like it hit me, but it, like, yeah, you know, cut me up crazy like that. But like, boy,
0: <laughs> exactly. That was pretty. Scary. That's no joke. Okay, eh? that's no joke. No, Do you um? Yeah, no. I know the the deathmatch down Undercrew, Whenever they're doing like glass flying around. Jay's normally wearing goggles. I can't remember. Do you ever wear like safety glasses when that kind of stuff's going on? Like you're wearing glasses now that I'm speaking to you, but you wear contacts in the ring or?
2: No, I don't wear anything in the ring at all um, because I, um, I, I'm, I'm just blind enough to where like I can't see the crowd, but I can kind of see what's going on in the ring for the most part. Mm-hmm. I, I did used to wear goggles at one point, and they were actually, like, sport goggles or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then over time, they got broke. Mm-hmm. Uh, I At one point, I wore, like, my nicer glasses or whatever and um, had a pair of nice glasses get broke in the ring. Mm-hmm. So, that's when I was just like, you know what? Because a lot of vet referees were saying, like, you know, hey, they don't really like it if you wear glasses in the ring. You know what I mean? Like, apparently, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that was more reason for me to just stop wearing them. But then once I started doing more death matches, it was just kind of like, eh, maybe it'd be a good idea. Um, at the same time, I'm just
0: kind of like, screw it. <laughs> what can you do? Yeah. You need to get some, like was it was uh, Hor- Horace Grant or something like that. You know, the big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big like sports I, ones on the uh,
2: I'm, I'm very, I'm very, very much a wuss to where like I'll turn my head and, and put my hand up in front of my face and all that. It, when, especially when they start going real crazy with the tubes you got over the head, man. I'm just like,
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't need to be copping a shot in your eye or something. That's bad enough. I'm yeah, sure. I'm yeah. sure. Like finding like pants that are thick enough and all that kind of stuff is like a whole whole dilemma. We'll get into referee fashion another day, but uh, <laughs> but, it's, uh, but uh- to make sure you can do talk- it.
2: That was actually a funny conversation me and Chris Levin had, had mm-hmm. um, at, uh, the bloodshed whenever we were there a couple weeks ago. I had noticed that, uh, Chris's knees were completely gone in his pants. Yeah. And, uh, and I was just like, mine were pretty, you know, screwed up too. Um, but I had asked Chris, I said, yo, how long do you keep your pants? Mm-hmm. Because normally like with the deathmatch stuff, once they start to get a half a hole, you know, I'm like, eh, let me go ahead and throw these out. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, he said he'll keep his deathmatch pants for a long time until he has to like not wear them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like the knees will be all blown out and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And I'm just like, interesting. Okay. Cause Chris, like, I feel like Chris is somewhat the standard for like professionalism when it comes to being a referee. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Right. Yeah. Uh, and just because dude like really, really busts his ass mm-hmm. and, uh, and he, you know, makes sure everybody is, is doing the same, busting their ass. You know what I mean? So, um, so yeah, I, I was just kind of like, how long do you keep your pants? And he was like quite a while. And so I had a pair that I was going to rock, you know, mm-hmm. through, <laughs> through and through, and they're actually getting bad, bad now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, especially after Indianapolis and all of that. So, I broke down and bought a new pair of pants today. So. Yeah,
0: yeah exactly. do you wear knee pads Literally. like underneath them, like for, yeah, for sliding sliding yeah. stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. come, on, come on.
2: yeah, absolutely, yeah. Whether it's a death match or not, like I definitely wear knee pads. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you'd
0: have to, I eh? absolutely. Yep. Um, so I guess the 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 next question is what what have you got coming up, man? You I know there's some big death match tournaments on the way. Uh, we've got King of the Death Matches coming out. We've got a bunch of different stuff. Are you you got anything big planned?
2: Um so I will be in Texas with ICW mm-hmm. um coming. Um and then uh unfortunately I will not be a King of the Death match, but that weekend I will be uh at New Wave Pro in mm-hmm. Terre Haute. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I will be at WrestleMax in St. Louis um for that weekend. Uh this weekend um what is today's date?
0: Uh it is the something. Uh for me it's the 23rd of July but I think it's or maybe it's crossed over into the 23rd of July for you now too, right? Cause it's like 2:30 <laughs> in the morning or now. something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: That that was pretty funny how you had told me, you had said, "Oh yeah, let's do it on Friday." And I didn't think about the fact that your Friday is different than my Friday. <laughs> no,
0: normally when I communicate with everybody like in the states and stuff, I always like make a note to say it in their day you know what i mean and to be honest last night been through a couple of bottles of wine we we're watching some things something changed up and i'm like oh, i'll hit up my boy and see if he wants to do it And i just forgot to remember that kind of <laughs> stuff <laughs> it's and then then you then you were like oh i thought you should thing," and i'm like oh man i fucked that up completely so apologies for that one
2: <laughs> no nah, it's fine but yeah uh this Sunday, I'm in St. Louis for Glory Pro Wrestling. Oh, it's going to be a pretty cool show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Dan Housen's on it. Ethan Page is on it. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a pretty fun show. Um, but yeah, man, every weekend I'm doing something, uh, keeping busy. So. Yeah,
0: that's it. And, uh, and you're out here grinding with the podcast as well. So I know you guys have got a lot of interviews built up. So you're definitely keeping yourself uh, <laughs> like booked up and busy
2: absolutely yeah man it's the best way to keep myself out of trouble yeah yeah
0: (laughs) absolutely man so uh as we start to wrap this up now i like to play a game sometimes with guests where i ask them like what they're feeling in pro wrestling at the moment it can be a match or for you it can be one that you've refereed or you know or something that you've watched or whatever if you're going to recommend something that you're feeling at the moment is there anything that jumps to mind i like to put you on the spot like this with no prep
2: um I would say I'm really feeling ICW uh, No Holds Barred right now. Yeah, same. Uh, I feel like our product is what we're doing right now is is some of the best stuff in wrestling at this moment. You know what I mean? Uh, but I feel like that across any landscape. Um, like I, I feel like um, like right now I'm, I'm feeling pro wrestling. Like there's a lot of really cool shit going on in professional wrestling. Like I, I love being a part of this business, and and I love the the time period that I'm a part of this business right now because there's so many possibilities there's so much cool stuff going on um, if if you want me to throw a match out there I would say the the match that I'm feeling the hardest right now mm-hmm. um, I actually made a reel for it on my Instagram but mm-hmm. that uh, Justin Kyle and Calvin Tankman match yeah from yep. Indianapolis mm-hmm. weekend
1: mm-hmm.
2: I think that might have been my match of the of the weekend. Not quite sure because there was a lot of really good stuff that happened on the whole thing. So weekend. much stuff. But Calvin Tankman and Justin Kyle put on a ridiculous match. It was so good from literally start to finish because it started um, with them just swinging on each other. Mm-hmm. And then two seconds later, Justin Kyle's doing a tope <laughs> over the chains <laughs> on the Calvin like. Crazy match, it was wild. I, so I, I would—that's that, a match that I that I ref recently that I would say go back and watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, man, I'm just feeling pro wrestling right now. I'm feeling ICW, Nolds, Barred. I work for some really really awesome companies, and I do some really dope things. And there's some really really dope people that's out here right now killing it, man.
0: Yeah, that's it. It sounds like like you just have so many fun adventures. When I listen to I got your five stars, and you do these like weekend recaps and stuff like that, you, you're just out here like living the life you know what I mean um I'll I'll ask you to tell the the one story real quick and then if anybody else wants to hear in detail um what Sean goes through on these weekends please check out I got your five stars but uh we go we kind of uh, finish you up without talking about uh the deer story and uh what it meant to like <laughs> get out to that show because it was quite the ordeal for you guys right
2: Oh, absolutely, man! Yeah, that was that was a a weekend. We actually had made plans to leave at nine o'clock p.m. on Thursday night, mm-hmm. so that we could be there by noonish. I want to say, yeah, uh, nice and early. It would, yeah, it it would have been way earlier than what we needed to be. Yeah. Um, however, um, in the middle of nowhere in West Virginia, we end up. Hitting a deer. Uh we were actually with the um it was myself, John Wayne Murdoch, Reed Bentley, Satu, um, Satu Jen. And then we also had the uh the two people from Deathmatch magazine, mm-hmm. a love letter. Yep, yep. Um they were all too. And um so and we actually were all asleep. Um, ended up hitting this deer and It woke all of us up. John Wayne Murdoch is like screaming because he thinks that we're flipping (laughs) and we're not at all, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, anyway, so, um, we end up in, I don't even know what the town was called, but it was literally an hour from the closest civilization (laughs) period. So, so you guys are just
0: in like the middle of nowhere. Uh, you've hit, hit the deer, the front of the cars caved in like nobody in sight, right? exactly yeah
2: (laughs) yeah and uh and not only that it was two three o'clock in the morning so so we end up pulling over to this like random gas station um so was the car
0: still like running a little bit or did you have to walk it
2: uh well no no see that that's what was crazy was so we were able to start the car still Uh and we were able to drive it up to the next exit Uh as soon Uh as we got off the exit and well, no, no, no. It's we had pulled in the gas station, mm-hmm. as soon as we pulled into the gas station, it just starts smoking everywhere. That was it, and just yeah. smoking, pouring, 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 pouring out of this car. Mm-hmm. And we're like, "Oh no!" Well, then all of a sudden, we see there's leaking and stuff, and all kind of end up finding out the radiator was busted. Yeah, um, it, it it did a number on this van. Like it, it totaled it pretty good. It was still able to start when we left it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we weren't trying to drive it anywhere. Yeah. Murdoch, Murdoch was trying to talk us into it. He was like, Oh, you don't think we can, we just have like, you know, six more hours to go. You don't think we can, you know,
0: with, with no radiator. No. John, <laughs> I'm not sure that works. No. <laughs> you yeah. just end up somewhere no. even more stranded.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and then, so we tried to get a hold of some people to see if they could come and grab us. Mm. Um, we actually had some people that were that were considering like seriously considering coming all the way from Louisville to, you know, put us in their vehicle and, and take us all the way the rest of the way up to Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, but ended up we had this angel mm-hmm. um, stop. This lady stopped and she was asking us if everything was OK, blah, blah, blah. She said she couldn't help us by taking us to somewhere because she drove a government issued car. Mm-hmm. However, she said that she'll get on the phone, and she called the nearest enterprises, one an hour this way and one an hour that way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And she um, more or less told them, like, hey, these guys are stranded. They need a ride. You guys need to bring a car to them because they need a ride, and they're trying to get up to Jersey. They have a booking to get to. Like, basically, like, made these enterprise people get on it because they weren't – when we were talking to them, it didn't seem like they were really, like, willing to – come out and help us like that. This lady, I don't know what she told them, or, you know, how, what stern words she said, but sure enough, they came out and got us and, uh, we went back to the rental place, which was an hour back. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, and then, uh, you know, filled out the proper paperwork, hit the road. Um, and then I was blessed with the, uh, unfortunate, (laughs) um, task of taking the last, the last leg of the trip. And so they're sitting there in the back seat watching on IWTV and are like, okay, dang, man, why are they rolling through these matches so fast? Guys, why are y'all rolling? Guys. And then uh, what was it? Um, Ass and Dale. Yeah. They're sitting there putting minutes and like (laughs) they're going forever and we're cheering not for the match but for how much time that they're Every getting, false they're finish, like, you're like, yes, it's
0: still going. <laughs>
2: right. Take it out, boys. Come on. Let's go. <laughs>
0: Dale on a broken foot as well. Like, sorry, Dale, uh, we're going to need you to uh, wrestle twice as long as you are originally going to on a broken foot. <laughs> yeah, what, a yeah, a broken what a hero. What a hero that man is.
2: Oh, my God. Dale Patrick's is, man, that's my guy. Mm-hmm. But um, so uh, as we're driving, they all start to get dressed and I'm like, guys, can, can, can we pull over and somebody take this? And so I can get dressed real quick too. Cause you know, I, I, I'd like to work. Like we still had, by the time that we got there, there was still going to be three matches. And I was like, yo, like, and Chris Levin even was like, Hey man, if you, if you think you can't handle it, you know, if, if you just want to take a break tonight, I said, no, hell no. I was like, dude, if there's anything anywhere that I need to be, it's in that ring. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, That's my happy place. You know what I mean? (laughs) I need to come in uh,
0: hot and get in there.
2: So I literally had to. Oh, but what I was going to say, they would not let me pull over
0: for shit. Cold-blooded.
2: So I literally (laughs) had to throw on all my ref shit while I'm flying down the Jersey Turnpike, pull up. They run inside. I go park the car real quick. I finally get inside, and I just straight up ask Danny, and I think Chris, too. Well, I asked Chris once he got back. I said, yo, can I just ref the last two? Like I'm here, you know. I'm dressed. Like, give me the last two, and I and I ref uh, Reed Bentley and Akira and Murdoch and Satu or no Murdoch and Tank and yeah, good times, good times. <laughs> I can't believe, dude. I really believe we made it because Reed Bentley was convinced that we were not, yeah. and he was like, dude, we're gonna get there at like 10:30. There's no way we're gonna make this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah.
0: Fair
2: enough. Yeah, we we made it. You're just gunning it,
0: like <laughs> had to yeah we
2: had to yeah wow
0: yeah Yeah, i I remember uh danny coming out and like announcing that like you guys had just pulled up or whatever and the crowd just going wild
2: (laughs) yo it was it was a whole moment whenever me and john were in the ring and you know um it was tank looking across from him whatever and they start chanting fuck that deer yeah like i live Got chills. I kind of, you know, felt it was it was a special little moment because it was like, you know, they all these people had our back. You know exactly. what I mean? It was it
0: was pretty cool. Though, so so, let's take I a mean, quick, quick moment to RIP the deer, though. <laughs> like- <laughs> <laughs> we don't have deer in Australia. To me, they just look like some, you know, they're like a Bambi type creature that everybody likes. So to you guys, they're probably just rodents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i'm like look how majestic right. the deer is you guys are just like bang <laughs> Gone. yeah uh,
2: it, it, it is good meat <laughs> oh. <laughs> Venison. delicious yeah yeah really good
0: <laughs> dude thanks so much for your tie today so fun talking to you i'm sure it won't be the last like uh i really vibe everything you have to say and uh i'm really excited to see what you guys can achieve with the podcast as well because it's been a great listen
2: i appreciate it man thank you for bringing me on uh this is awesome to uh, to make an international connection, and mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing you know what other great things we can do. I'm sure it definitely won't be the last, and we're actually going to bring you on at some point very soon as well. So um, that'll be awesome, man.
0: That. I'd love to do that. I'd love to meet Jeremy. Uh, I think we'd all have a pretty good conversation. So that'll be killer. Oh. And then you never know, maybe one day ICW versus Batch Down Under will happen. COVID's all gone, and maybe we'll see you over in Australia and we'll grab a drink or something. Oh, have
2: to. Absolutely, man.
0: Definitely. Killer. No worries. So everybody out there, for I Got Your Five Stars, for Sean Patrick O'Brien and for Faces and Feels, remember, it's all about peace, love and pro wrestling. Thanks everyone for listening. Faces and Feels is a DIY project created and edited in-house by me, Rafe Houston. You can show your support by following us on Instagram at Faces Twitter at Faces and Facebook at Faces Or send us an email with topic suggestions or feedback to facesandfeels at gmail.com and don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Our banger theme is Loose Lips Sink Ships by the Thunder Vipers. Check it out on Spotify and now hang around for a quick word from some friends of the show. Peace out. My body is a roadmap of pain.
1: Right. Deathmatchworldwide.com The official online merchandise store that is only for Deathmatch Wrestling. Featuring official t-shirts from No Peace Underground. John Wayne Murdoch. Akira. Madman Pondo. Zona 23. Neil Diamond Cutter. G. Raver, Schlack. Necro Butcher. And many more.